Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. For more information about us, visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. From the crack house to the Lord's house. I like that. That's living color. Amen. That's not trying to cover things up and not trying to make, make, make you know, everybody look like. I mean, I was looking today during worship. And, and I was over there on the side and, and worship was kind of just breaking out and breaking forth. And I started to look and I said, you know what? In many places, all of those people would be sat down. <laughs> Amen. I looked at them and I said, wait, I see a tattoo peeking out that guy's arm. I see this arm. I don't even see his arms because it's all tight. I said, in many churches, that place, this guy's in shorts and chancletas. What is going on? I said, in many places, that they would all be sat down. But I said, but listen. But then I just kind of, and, and it, it was the Lord. God just told me, just, but listen. But listen to the heart of worship that we heard this morning. So listen to the heart of worship. And so, you know, so many people would rather have the outside looking a certain way. And who cares what came out? As long as everything looked good. Man, we, it's time that we just get past all that and blow past all that. Amen. And just let the heart of worship come out of people. Who cares if they're in chancletas or a three-piece suit? Amen? Good? Because in many churches, I wouldn't be your pastor either because I'm not in a suit and my, my hair's too long. So, so you would have lost the whole team. Amen? So I'm excited to be here, to be doing this series in living color. Just to catch you up on it, 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 it I got that from two different verses. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. And Matthew says, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors. Here's another way to put it in verse 14. It says, you're here to be the light, bringing out the God colors in this world. So we're here to live in living color before the world. Amen? So now you know where it comes from. I got to tell you, honestly, since I started this series, I've been seeing things differently. And, and you can question my wife and, and the people that are around me. I've been seeing things differently since I started seeing, since God started to show me, man, everything that I do is worship. I've been seeing things differently, and, and I pray that this happens in your life. I've been, I've been hearing some of your emails and getting some of your comments, and I know that it is in some of you. Some of you still kind of maybe backed off and say, well, whatever, I'll just get my worship on in church. But I pray, I pray that as we get through, as we go through the Word of God, you'll start to see that worship is a lifestyle, and it's not a, something that we do for a set amount of time. Amen? So the title today for this message in, in Living Color is, this is, you guys know, this is what? An iPod Nano, right? Pretty much everybody knows what it is and what it does. You know, there's playlists on here and you know, uh, you, know you, you could set up playlists and stuff. And, and so the title of today's message was, If God Had a Nano. That's cool, right? We'll leave it at that. See, I started realizing that I started seeing things a little differently as, as I get deeper and deeper into this worship thing. And I started realizing, you know what? My whole life, your whole life is a worship song. 
Check this out when you start to think of, of, of life this way. Your whole life is a worship song. See, sometimes, sometimes your life is a little rocky. It's a little delayed. Sometimes, sometimes your life is like a rock song, right? It's a little rocky. It's loud. It's overbearing. The words are hard to understand. Things, things don't feel secure. Things don't feel safe. Things don't feel calm. Things feel all kind of wired. A lot like me. Things feel all kind of, you know, wired up and, and, and kind of impulsive. And, you know, a lot of times your life is like a, a, a rock song. The awesome thing is that God is, God doesn't hear in genres. Right? God hears, God, God, you know, he's, he's varied. And so sometimes our life is like a rock song, but you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, when things start to kind of fall in line and things starts to, you know, sometimes when your life kind of hits a, hits a nice groove and your life is like a jazz song, you know, life is just like, everything's just, anybody, anybody been at that stage in your life? Right? It's just like your whole life. Like you hear this when you walk in the street. You know, and, and, and sometimes, you know, you, you have those jazz periods in your life where things are just smooth and jazzy. But then sometimes you get into a rut, right? And, and it starts to take on this pattern and, and there's this non-stop beat and it, your, your life starts to sound more like a, more like a hip-hop song, right? This non-stop beat that's just again and again and again and it doesn't stop and it doesn't change up and for some of you that's cool but for some of you after a while it's like I can't keep walking like this this I can't something has to change you know because I can't keep the same beat again and again and again you know sometimes your life is like a hip-hop song you know what I'm saying but then and then it's cool because then sometimes things take a twist and then sometimes you, you, you've had parts in your life like this where life is just gets fun, right? And, and like everything's fun and, and so life is kind of like a salsa. I had a weird intro. Yeah! See? And it's just life is just like, yeah! Wait, anybody in that groove in their life right now? Where things are just like... Things is... Right? You get into that groove in your life. You're like, man, this is, this is good. You know, life is fun sometimes. Anybody been in that, right? You've been in that, in that season in your life? Because God, it's a season. Your whole life is a worship song to God. It, it just depends how you react to it, right? How you learn to flow with it. How, how you learn to do things. Sometimes... And, and, and I'm willing to bet there's more of you here in this stage. Sometimes there's just no words. Sometimes God is silent. Sometimes God is so silent that you get hard and you get, you get angry and you get bitter for a time. And, 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 you know, you have no words back to God and God has, you feel like God has no words to you. And so your life is an instrumental. Anybody been in that stage where life is just an instrumental? Like the music is playing, but ain't nothing happening. I got nothing to say. God got nothing to say to me. And that's a hard time sometimes, right? The beautiful thing about that is that sometimes in those silent times, God, God gets your attention in other ways. Right? And it's in those quiet times that you're, you've been yelling at God and you sometimes you get to the point where you get all your words out. 
You get all your anger. God, I'm angry. I'm, and, and sometimes, you know, we, 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 get, we get crazy with God, not realizing, like, you know, like we're like an ant before God. He could just go. But God's grace and mercy would, would somehow, I don't, I don't understand God's grace and mercy, how he tolerates an ant yelling up at us, why, God, why have you? And, you know, we, and sometimes we curse God. We come at God hard like that. Anybody? But sometimes in that instrumental and in that, in that stillness, in that quietness, you, we, we hear God speak. And through, through, through friends, through the people that God surrounds us, it's usually, God will usually speak to you in ways that you, you read about it all through the word. He'll speak to you in ways that you didn't expect them to. Right? It'll be through somebody on the street. It'll be through a drug dealer telling you, listen, you need to get out this game. This ain't for you. How does God speak through a drug dealer? And how do we listen to a drug dealer and get saved? That's not strange to you? <laughs> Jay-Z's cousin. That's not, that's not weird to you? See, so sometimes in those times, God will speak to us. And then through there, there's reconciliation, man. And, and, and we come back to God and we come back. And then life starts to change, you know. Things bring you back to the Father. And then for that season, your life sounds like something different your life starts to sound like a love song like a love song your life starts to sound like a love song sometimes for that season it's like a ballad it's like a love song Jen, it's like a love song, Jen. You know? It's like a love song. Sometimes life gets just like a love song. And, and it's a love song. You, 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 you know love song. You don't have to hear it. You know what a love song sounds like, right? You know what a love song. A love song is just like just lovey, lovey words going. And lovey, lovey words coming back. And I lovey, lovey you. And, and love songs cause you to dance. Amen? That's a love song. Amen. Amen. That's a love song. Loving you is all that I can do. That's a love song. You ever been in that stage in your life where you just want to just love on God? And you just want to thank God for everything he's done? You want to thank God that he didn't crush you when you was when you were being jerky and shaking your hands at him, you want to thank God and you just want to say, God, I love you. And, and we had a beautiful example of a love song today where Manny was just crying out, I love you, I love you. And he was crying out so violently and so strong. Right? That's a love song. And so sometimes your life is like a love song. Church, fam, I, I want you to, I don't have anything deeper to say today. I, I want you to just get this. Your life is a song. Your life is a worship song. And listen, whatever your life sounds like today, whether it's rocky, whether it's jazzy, whether it's a hip-hop song, whether it's a salsa, or if you play fast forward, it's a merengue, or it's a, whether it's an instrumental or a ballad or a love song, whatever your life sounds like today, I just want you to know we're glad you're here. We're so glad you're here. And I believe that if you surrender your life to him, 
you learn to dance to it all. Amen? Sometimes we need a little rock in our lives. Amen? Where's the band? Amen? Sometimes, sometimes, we, need, sometimes we need a little instrumental. We need a little silence. Right? We, we talk a lot. Too, we talk too much sometimes. And people talk to us too much sometimes. Right? And, and you could be struggling. You could be going through something and everybody want to talk. Well, the Lord says and the Word of God says and the Bible says that if you... Shut up! I just... just I, I need some instrumental time in my life right now. Amen? And then if you, if you just allow that and, and you'll find that you go through these seasons where you're just sasaing all over the house saying, God, you're so good. And you're just, yeah, you know, just really, really excited about what God's doing in your life. When you see your whole life as a song, as a worship song. Today's quote, it comes from Melly's MySpace. She's not here. I'm so sad. It comes from a Melly's MySpace. I saw this a while ago, and here's the quote. It says, if God is a DJ, life is the dance floor, love is the rhythm, and you are the music. Wow. Some of you didn't get it. I'll read it again. If God is a DJ, life is the dance floor, love is the rhythm, and you are the music. I so believe that. I so believe that I'm God's song. Isn't that an incredible way to look at things? Does that, does that change your whole legalistic mind view? Does that change your whole religious rules? Uh, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do that, but only on Saturday. You can't do this, you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't wear that. You should. Does that change all of that? You just say, look, God, I'm your song. Sometimes I might be off-key, right? Amen? Any off-key song, right? Right? Sometimes I might be playing an instrument I'm not real qualified at. For me, that would be everyone. Right? But, but if, if I stay in it, and if I, if I see everything as a song to the Lord, I'm going to get good. And I'm going to have understanding. And, God's, and before you know it, I'm going to be learning to dance. And I'm going to dance to the rock. And I'm going to dance when I'm sad. And, and I'm going to dance when, when things are hard. And I'm going to dance when things are good. In everything, I'm going to give Him praise. Amen? And that's really where we got to get to. In everything, if my life is a song. See, if your life is a song, you don't need to come to worship in the morning just, just to worship. You, you, the reason that you do come is to get together with people, to worship together. Because God says that's good to do. But not because this is your worship portion of your life. Because if this is the worship portion of your life, you are coming up really, really, really short. It's not enough. Right? Some of you complain this is too long. Some of, this is not long enough for some of you. Do you understand? Until you realize that your whole life is a worship song. And so then when, when somebody gets on a keyboard and somebody gets on a guitar and starts to sing a worship song, you, you bring your life in and you let your life sing along with that song. And things change. Amen? Things change. And that, that, I just pray that we can stop the mentality of, of, of this and, and, and this. Because it's, it's all for an audience of one. And so regardless of where you're sitting, you're still a worship song. What are the lyrics to your song? What is your song saying? Amen. 
The first time worship appeared in the Word of God, we spoke about it on our first one. The first time worship appeared, the word worship appeared, it was in Genesis. It had nothing to do with music. And it, it was about a sacrifice Adam was making that, that, um, that he, he, he called him, God called him to sacrifice his son as an act of worship. So that's the first time we hear about worship. It has nothing to do with music. The second time worship appears, and it seems like we're going to go through every book of the Bible. Say amen. That should be exciting. We're going to go through every book of the Bible and find out where worship appears. I think that's an exciting series. Because by the time we're done, there will be nobody in here that, would, that, that, would, that does not understand worship. You'll be graduated worshipers. We should give out certificates by, by the end. Because you would be worshipers. And, and you should be able to walk out of here and tell everybody, I'm a worshiper. And people that know you will be like, brother, you can't sing. And you're like, oh, you're, so, you're so in first grade. Worship ain't about singing. You have, you're so not graduated yet. You don't understand. I've gone through Genesis to Revelations. I understand worship. Worship is about being in living color, doing in everything that I do. Amen? So the second time that worship, the topic of worship appears in the Word of God is in Exodus. And it's in the book of Exodus in chapter 3. God tells Moses, you're going to bring my people out of Egypt. You're going to bring them out of captivity. And, and they're gonna, you're going to worship me on this mountain. This gets deep. Listen. From chapter 3 all the way to chapter 12, God is saying to Pharaoh through Moses... With miracles, signs, curses, plagues, all kinds of wonders. He's saying, let my people go so they could worship me. I expected a couple more hmms. Let my people, that's, this is God's words, this is all from Exodus. He's telling Moses to Pharaoh, he's saying, let my people go so they can worship me. So God, is, it seems like that from Genesis to Exodus, God is missing worship. He's missing his fellowship with his people that he created to worship him. Those that he created in his image to bring glory and have fellowship with him. He's missing it. He's telling Pharaoh, let my people go so they can worship me. God tells Moses, listen, if you read in the beginning of, of Exodus, God is telling Moses that he's heard their cries. He's heard, he's listened to the depressing song long enough. And he's ready to give them a, a chance to have salsa time. It says that he's heard the cries of his people and he's looked down on them and he's seen them in captivity. They were slaves, if you know what was happening here in Egypt. The Israelites, they put slave, Pharaoh came and put slave masters over them and they were abusing them and they were working, you know, 120 hours a week, you know, with no break, with no, they, they weren't allowed to, to have their customs, they weren't allowed to do their, their, their ceremonies, their, nothing. They were in oppression and they were crying out to God. And God says, I've heard the song long enough, that depressing song. I want my, let my people go so that they can worship me. That's the next time that it appears in the word of God. And so if you read through it, you'll know that in the beginning, Pharaoh gives in after, after a lot of plagues. After there's, you know, the water turns to blood. There's frogs all over. Right? I mean, God did some serious wonders to, to change, you know, to, to understand, to let his people go. And I believe, listen, that's a word for us today. God will do anything he has to do to get you to worship him. God will break through. He'll release. He'll do all kinds of signs and wonders. He'll use a drug dealer to speak to you. 
to get you to the place of worship. That's a whole side sermon for somebody today. Amen? So frogs, blood, all this kind of thing. Finally, Pharaoh gives in and he says, okay, okay, just go. But just take your men and go worship. And then he throws Moses out. That's not good enough for God. God didn't want just the men to worship. He says, and the guy says, no, that's not good enough. And so more plagues came. And, and he calls Moses back after, at, at this time there were locusts. God says, just told Moses, just call from the east or to the west and this wind is going to come. And locusts came. I don't know if you've seen, have you seen locusts? You ever seen one? Can you imagine swarms, like hundreds of thousands of, of, of bugs this big? How many like bugs? Right? Would, would you like, like one, if one locust came in here and started flipping out, half of you would run screaming out of here. One, 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 right? Some of the men, some of the guys, right? Because it's an ugly bug. Imagine swarms where you don't see the air because there's so much, so many. Uh, nasty right and so they eat everything they eat and 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 that didn't work and it says that then he says he sent a wave of darkness for three days moses called it out from god and there was darkness for three days so dark that people couldn't see each other only the israelites wherever the israelites were there was light and that, that's kind of cool right like, imagine, like, there's darkness over there by the Egyptians, but if I were to walk, there's light. And if I walk away, you're in the dark. Isn't that hot? God, come on, God will go through some extremes to get us. And I believe even in back in Exodus, God was showing us that we're the light of this world. Amen? See how, how the New Testament, the Old Testament, they, they, they don't negate each other. They complement each other so beautifully. And talking about written by totally different authors in different times. And, and it's still saying the same thing. We're God's light. And so after doing that, um, Pharaoh calls Moses back. He says, all right, all right, bring him back in. He says, okay, okay, take your women and children too. Take your men, your women and children too. But leave your livestock. You're not taking any livestock. God says... That's not what God wanted. That's not good enough. Because, you see, God's, God's word, and we're going to find later on, it says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So you can't and, and understand that worship back then. He wanted his people to worship him. And worship in Exodus, it wasn't about singing or music either. Worship in Exodus was still about the sacrifice. They needed animals to sacrifice to cover their sins. Worship in Exodus, just like Genesis, was about putting God first. And trusting him with the outcome. Abraham had to put God before his son and be willing to lose his son. And God took care of that. He provided a substitute. Amen? Now in Exodus, God's people are going to have to take these huge steps of faith and trust God. And that was going to be part of their worship to him. Trust is worship to God. Write it down if you're taking notes. What's another form of worship? Trust is worship to God. When you say, God, I trust you with my son. That's worship. When you say, God, God, I trust you with my children. I trust you with this situation. I trust you with my finances. I trust you with this job. That's worship. That's worship. You want to worship? Trust God with something. That's better than singing him a song. Right? It's easier to sing a song, isn't it? It's easier to put on a little Hillsong tape and just get real emotional. 
deep. That's so powerful. And then turn it off. Whew, I'm glad that's over. Right? Let's get on with my life now. What? F! And, and you're cursing people, right? And, and, and your whole lifestyle changes. But it's okay because you got your Hillsong tape that you can play. And get your worship on. No. Trust God with something. Trust God with finances. Trust God with stepping out in faith on something. Trust God. That's worship. Amen? So God says to Pharaoh, not good enough. Let my people go so that they can worship me. And, and to do that, they're going to need livestock. And they're going to need all the supplies they can carry. And so the last plague that God sends on them, you guys know, was the curse on the firstborn. God says, that's it. No more. You know what? His final. Once I do this, God tells Moses, they're going to throw you out. And they're going to throw you out for good. And they're going to send you out with everything you can carry. Here's what I'm going to do. Tell Pharaoh, the firstborn of every one of them, including Pharaoh's firstborn, is going to be killed. The angel of death is going to come. This kind of, think about this loving God that we, you know, a lot of us think about, oh, but God is so loving, he won't be so mad at my sin. Oh, no. God killed children in the Old Testament. Do you understand how, how much God hates sin? Do you understand how, how, how God is, God's love is grace and God's grace, and yeah, but God can't tolerate sin. God killed children. So, you know, next time I just want you to get a full balance of God before you make him out to be this marshmallow God that just allows everything. Everything's cool. I can live the way I want to live because God understands and God loves me. Okay. So God says, the angel of death is going to come. And God told all of the Israelites, he said, listen, you need to get a lamb, sacrifice the lamb, and put the blood on the door. And when the angel of death comes that night, he, when he sees the blood on the door, he'll pass over that house. And go on to the next house. So, see, again, that's the whole gospel, isn't it? The blood shed for us to, 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 to not pay our sin. God provides a substitute. Isn't that beautiful? Old Testament. Exodus, right at the beginning. God is already showing us. The word of God is already showing us in the end how Jesus is going to have to die and take the blood. And then God's going to pass over us. Finally, Pharaoh releases them. He lets them go with everything that they can carry. He says, fine, take, take your wives, take your children, take... And miraculously, God delivers them from captivity. Miraculously. It says that, that God even put favor on the Egyptians to make friends with them. Hey, how are you? God even puts favor on the Egyptians to make friends with them so that when they're about to leave, it, it, the word says that anything they asked for, they were going to get. Picture that. You got Egyptian neighbors, right? They're like real fancy. They got everything real fancy. They got a lot of jewelry. They got Rolexes. They got Lexus. And so before you leave, God says, anything you ask him, he's got to give you. And so you go next door. I say, listen, we're breaking out. I'm going to need the keys to the, to the bins. And I'm going to need, you know, I'm going to need that watch. And the Egyptians just say, okay. No, that's how God works. He takes the wealth from the wicked and gives it over to the righteous. Amen. Anybody claim that today? I take the wealth from the wicked. I don't got to steal it. I don't got to cheat, manipulate, control. I just got to ask for it. Give me the keys to the bins. Amen. So it says that they do that and they break out. And miraculously, see, God will do whatever he has to to lead people out of captivity. Side note. <laughs> Side note. Candace already there with me. Come here, Candace. Come on. Side note, we still have pharaohs today in the modern day churches. 
And God still hears the cry of the oppressed. God still hears the cries of those that are singing the depressing songs again and again and again. And God is saying prophetically today to the church, to the pharaohs, let my people go so they can worship me. Let my people go. Stop tying them down with religion. Stop tying them down with outfits and costumes. Let my people go so they can worship me. God is saying prophetically today to the church. I'm glad two or three of us are excited about that. Because God is overthrowing pharaohs today. And, but listen, that means that when God did it back then, there was a Moses. Who's the Moses? You're the Moses today. We're the Moses generation. And God is calling us to live in living color so that we can battle and do warfare and, 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 and hear all the, the cries that come against us and hear the complaints and hear people trash us and talk about us and, and try to tear us down and try to stop us. But God says, if I'm for you, who can be against you? Amen. I've called you and I believe God is saying to us prophetically, I've called you to be Moses to this generation, to to get people out of captivity so that they may worship me. So church, how you living? How you living? See, it's all about how we see things, isn't it? We might have always understood worship to mean music, but We're going to go through the Bible book by book and the first two books and still worship has nothing to do with music. You know why we call it worship music? Because of what it does. Worship music gives glory to God. Worship music honors God. Worship music takes the focus off of us and puts it on God. Worship music pleases the heart of God. So by that translation... Anything that we do that gives glory to God, that puts God first, that takes the focus off of us, and give, anything that we do then by that translation is worship. Amen? Your whole life is worship. I know I said it in the first one, and maybe some of you weren't here, but eating is worship. Amen? And some of us have been worshiping well. Right? Eating, it's not the act of eating, but it's the act of giving God thanks for the provision. That's worship, right? Being in a relationship with your wife, with your husband, the way you treat them is worship. The way you treat your children is worship. The way you honor your wife is worship. The way you honor your husband is worship. Is that getting through? Is that getting through? There'll be no more divorces in the body of Christ if we got this. No more divorces. Because first of all, you understand that, that when God does this to you, when, when you're following his pattern and he brings you together, there's no more options. Right? God gave Adam Eve. That's it. No option, no alternative lifestyle, nothing. He gave Adam Eve. He said, this is it. Work it out. <laughs> Amen? What that mean? They're gonna be issues. There's gonna be. It's, she's not like you. She thinks differently. There's a right brain thing and a left brain thing. I don't know why God messed us up like that. And and I think like the more we the more we uh, study and the more we understand, the more we know. Man, we're not even fit for each other. This makes no sense. But it works. God says, work it out. Work it out. And in your working it out, glorify me. 
Because I'm the glue. I'm the only way this thing can work. Oh, man. And if you get that, man, life is beautiful. If you get that, marriage is lovely. If you get that, you'll be excited to get back to your house and lock the door and worship. Come on. It's worship. Anything that brings unity, anything that brings closeness, anything that gives glory to God that affirms what he told us to do in the beginning, be fruitful and multiply and take charge and have dominion over the earth, is worship. Problem is when we take it out of that context, it's, not, it's, it's, it's still worship, but who's it worshiping? Who's it worshiping? When we take it out of the context, yeah, sex is good. Well, guess what? God invented it. He designed it. it it's going to be good. Anything that he created is going to be good. Everything is amazing. God, like, he pats himself on the back in the first few chapters in Genesis. It says he made this, and he said, man, it's good. <laughs> Anybody do that? Right? You do something, you say, man, I'm, I'm good. God says that in all through Genesis. He created this, and he said, and, he said, and it was good. And he created man and woman, he said, and it was good. God was proud of that. He said, I created them in my image, in my likeness, and it is good. It gets bad when we mess it up. It gets bad when we take it out of that avenue. It gets bad when we take it out of of, of the way God intended it to be. See, fire in the fireplace is great, but fire on your curtains and up, up the wall of your house is a bad thing. Amen? Sex? Sex in the fireplace, you understand. Sex in the right context is great. It God intended it, and the union, the creation of it is worship to God. Oh, man, some of you need to go home and worship. But taken out of there, it destroys. Taken out of, understand, please, understand youth, young people, understand single adults. Out of that, out of that relationship, it's fire ripping through your life damaging destroying ravaging it's bad it's dangerous it damages and it hurts and you know right we know amen so we call it worship music because of what it does so anything that does that is worship. So our entire life is a worship song. So listen, if God and Satan had a nano, whose playlist would you be on? That's good. I'll let that sink in. Whose playlist would you be on? Is is my life song? Does my life song point to God? Or does my life song point to God sometimes intermittently every fourth song every third hour every fourth week or am I living in such disobedience in such rebellion in such an attitude in such an anger in such a funk in such a bitterness that I can only be on Satan's playlist and he got me on repeat he loves that song You like that? That's good, right? That's hot. That just came right now. Right now. That was just a download right now. Not in the notes. Download. Say, you know, got you on repeat. He loves... Li- Listen, when you hear yourself talk during the day, and this is next week's message, we're going to talk about words, how your words are worshipped. When you hear yourself talk during the day, th- think about who would like to hear that. 
See, I'm, I'm sick of I'm sick of people calling themselves Christian and then I have to go like this every time they talk to me. What's with the French? What's up with that? You know what I'm saying? No, the blessing and cursing can't, but that's next week. We'll, we'll get into worship next week. Words. Our entire life is a song. If God and Satan had a nano, think about that. Let that sink, let that go with you this week. Whose playlist would you be on? How you're living? It's about changing the way you see things. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.